All right, we're back to another episode of Empire. I'm once again Pete Barenberg, along always with co-host, CEO, and founder of Purewell, my buddy Nick D. Francesco. What's up, man? It's been a minute. It's been a minute. It's been a minute, Pete. But we're back in the saddle. We're ready to go. Um, for everybody, you know, we should here. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, is you guys always hear these shows, and we don't miss a beat when it comes to that. But we took a couple couple weeks off for some some uh, some unfortunate events and uh um you know i lost my mom so it's it's not been not been an easy one so um but we are back we are a, we are ready to go and uh i lost my voice and uh right and so we're back we're ready to go so um obviously we're about to hear a story about a former playmate uh turned a serial entrepreneur. Um, she moved from Australia to the Las Vegas Strip. And I'm excited. I think this is going to be an amazing one. Um, I'm, I'm just love to hear the story. And uh, I don't know. Let's, let's, Peter, who are we welcoming in? So what you're trying to say is someone came from the Strip Clubs to the Strip in Vegas. Exactly. <laughs> She's the entrepreneur for Las Vegas Cannabis Tours and Weddings. So, Maxine, how are you doing today? Uh, look, I'm very well. I, I just want to say, Nick, I'm very sorry about your mum and, and sending you lots of love. Uh, thank you I, so much. Apart from that, I just want to say thank you so much for having me, and I'm, I'm, I'm excellent. Thank you. It's, uh, yeah. Ask well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, it, it's it's tough, right? I mean, anybody that, that that knows have gone through losing somebody that's that's very close to them. It's it's not easy, and uh, you know, I, I know that she would she'd want us to 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 let keep it going, and she's always a happy person. She wouldn't want to be upset, or you know, uh, she, she would want us to to let the show go on. So um, so that's what we're gonna do. Um, so obviously, you know, before you were, um, you know. In the wedding business, you were uh, you were excelling in a, a adult entertainment, of course, and uh, you were the former Pl Playmate Australia Playmate of the Month. Um, uh, you established the Australian Adult Industry Awards, which was kind of you know there you go, yep. and uh, and you got some help from Larry Flint, of course, of Hustler, um, and uh, you know it, it's crazy because I you know I was reading about it and it was talking about that you had uh, opened. Uh, basically a very popular Maxine's gentlemen's club in Melbourne. So how did you con you know, connect with Larry Flint and um, you know, how did that all happen? Well, I was in, I was in Berlin. I went to um, a, an exhibition called Venus, which is where everybody from around the world goes to buy wholesale um, and to mix and basically, you know, see what's going on. And, and at the time um, my ex-partner, um, we were like importing lingerie and getting all the big brands from around the world and then obviously, you know, retailing it out online and um, uh, wholesaling it. And um, I walked past um, Larry Flint's stand and I said, oh, I'd really love to meet him. And it happened to be his nephew, Jeff, who was there. And he said, well, if you come back in half an hour, you can meet him. And I said, okay. And so we just started chatting. And um, so anyway, I met Larry Flint. I was the first one up. And uh, being a pushy Aussie, and um, I said, I'm the queen of pussy and I'm the king of, you know, pussy and, you know, blah, blah. Made an idiot of myself. And the gatekeeper. And, um, <laughs> I liked 
me enough and thought, oh, who is this chick? So they invited me to the opening of Hustler in Paris. And that was two days away. And I was going to Paris. So it was, you know, I just happened to be there. So I went and I couldn't believe it. I'd never been in such an, a crazy atmosphere. If you can picture, it was, I think they flew in like 150 of the most beautiful women in um, America. And picture too hard, glamorous. They had the tallest <laughs> pole of then they had a, a, a Perspex uh, first floor so that there were people upstairs and then girls coming down the pole with this heavy, heavy metal music. It was like, what the fuck is this? And I want to do it. And so. <laughs> it sounds like a party. Um, yeah, it sounds amazing. <laughs> I, was, I was asked this party afterwards and I met Harry Money, who uh, was um, Larry Flint's. Um, business partner and, and good friend. And um, I just said, look, I, I really want to do this. And so I didn't even have a club at the time. I, I had nothing. I had like a, like a restaurant. I had like a stripping agency where I'd send out male and female strippers for bachelorette parties and stuff. But um, had a like a restaurant where people would come and do lingerie, you know, the, the businessmen would come and participate in lingerie lunches. And um, I just thought, well, you know, I'm an Aussie battler and I'm just going to, ask they can only say no so i just said i'd really like to collaborate with you so went back to australia the next day so hungover (laughs) rang um harry money and said i'd like to take you out for lunch and so i flew back to los angeles and i met with him and uh jimmy flint and then harry came over and then that was it where i started looking for a building and that's how it all came about i had the hustle brand for two years in australia um and then you know, people didn't really understand, I think, and this is a sort of naivety about Australians who are a little bit slow. Um, they just said, oh, is that that man that's in the gold wheelchair? They didn't quite sort of get <laughs> the two together. I think they right. do now, you know, a little bit. So um, so then that sort of morphed into Maxine's Gentleman's Club. And this all happened in 2006 and, uh, and then, you know, we got the club in 2007. But, I mean, it's... Super, it's been such a, a ride and it's just been amazing. So you brought more of the brand, the Hustler brand to Australia in general, just marketed it, yeah. brought it to Australia in general, and then obviously combined it with, yeah. with the strip club. Okay. Because you were said that they never even really heard of it and to be able to have that brand behind you, you know, to be able to bring oh. to anyone. I mean, the original Australian Hustler. The original, right? the original Australian yeah. hustler. I mean, they, they, they were like, you know, involved. Harry um, and his son were involved for sure. But um, in the long term, it didn't really work out as far as um, people sort of, um, it, it didn't make a difference, if you know what I mean, unfortunately. Okay. So anyway, so that, that sort of, you know, then it just turned into Maxine's. But, you know, I still hear and see Harry and, and his son jason and i love hustler here they've got an amazing show um here at um, at hustler in vegas called um excite which i would love to bring to australia to my club because it's just so fabulous so yeah so that's it well i just think it's funny because and 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 again you know we have hustler stores uh, here in in florida as well and you know just retail locations as well but um it's funny because you know nobody partakes in in any of this stuff except it's a multi-billion dollar industry. Nobody, you know, nobody looks at porn, nobody buys toys, nobody. And then, but, but yet 
<laughs> multi-billion dollar industry. So obviously, you know, it's kind of like cannabis and the fact of it's, it's an untalked, I don't know. I mean, you know, people talk about sex, people talk about cannabis, but they don't talk openly, right? It's not, it's not, they're still a little bashful. There's still a stigma to it or what can I say? Or am I going to get judged for whatever you like, whether you like smoking weed or, or you like wearing lingerie and fishnets. I mean, it doesn't really matter or whatever else you're into. So I do think it goes hand in hand, to be honest with you. Uh, and, and that's why Thanks I thought. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, so I, so I thought it was kind of cool. So how did that all come out in Vegas? Cause now you have, you know, wedding, wedding, ca cannabis weddings and things like that. So did you come to Vegas one time and you say, you looked at some of these wedding chapels and go, Hey, we're going to, this is what I want to do. This is my next venture. How did that work? No. Um, well, I, I basically started a foodie tour. I started Sin City foodie tours and I uh, had that pretty much ready to go. And the pandemic hit. And yeah. um, of course, you know, Melbourne and Australia, they were really, you know, Aussies suffered really badly because, you know, the whole country was really on super lockdown. Yeah, you guys were on and, serious um, lockdown. Basically, yep. And so there was no money coming in. So my club was helping to support me over here. And, um, and then, unfortunately, my ex-partner died suddenly in our house. And that was right oh. on the, the brink of the pandemic um, sort of hitting in Australia. So I couldn't go home. Um, because of the pandemic here. Um, and then my dad died two day, two weeks after that. So it was like just awful. And then I yeah, had no I'd control say, I'm over... I'm so sorry. I mean, obviously it's I think, horrible. I mean, it was, it, was the, it was the worst, to be honest. And then I had no control over, um, you know, anything because I, I couldn't go home. I couldn't bury either of them. Um, I actually had a, an ex-stripper that... Fucking ridiculous. Yeah, that is insane. And then, well, she she actually uh, had a funeral home. So what she did is, because there was only two people that legally could attend a funeral, so we gathered up as many people as possible. I had an open casket behind the crematorium in the car park to say goodbye to Michael. And wow. um, and then, you know, of course, my dad died. So it was just crazy, crazy. And then yeah. just coping with the circumstances. But that's how um, it it morphed from the foodie tours to um, the cannabis tours because I had two professors from Boston who called me and said, oh, you know, we heard from a friend that you you were starting a cannabis tour. We're coming out. Can you take us out? And so I did. I took them out on the most expensive tour. It was like seven hours. Um, we don't normally do seven-hour tours. I uh, took them around the dispensaries. I took them back to my house where I had a charcuterie board. Uh, they smoked some uh, weed, and then I took them on a helicopter ride. And after that, like it. it was just like, yep. Well, Pete, cool. we know who we're calling when we go to course, Vegas. You know, oh, you That's have to for come sure. for sure. Yeah. And then, of course, <laughs> what come. happened was cannabis <laughs> an essential service, and so um, everything was open. And then because, you know, with the government paying, you know, people money, they were flying here, and you could get a room here for 10 bucks a night. So we were wow. flat chat. So I, I I didn't even have transport. So I just basically hired a, like a little minivan. And then that sort of progressed to getting a 15-seater um, van. And, um, you know, we have some other transport. And so basically we cater 
for everything. And I'm so grateful. I just basically, I did that by the skin of my teeth. I really, like, I used to smoke pot, like, when I was 18. Um, so, and it was for tobacco. And so, you know, it, I mean, things had changed and it was a real oh, learning right. curve for me as well. So, uh, but then I partnered up with, um, you know, Planet 13 and they were pretty amazing. But through all this, people were saying, oh, we want to get married. And I thought, well, you know, I could do that. So I became a minister. So I'm the queen of pussy and plus a pastor, a minister. <laughs> and then I, I did a course. <laughs> um, because it's the only state we have to, obviously, because of gambling, that's your background check and all that stuff. So I did that. And so now I'm a bona fide officiant. And, um, yeah, I love it. So with the weddings, we we cater for everything from I marry them. Um, we do that at Planet 13 or in a grow house. They can have a wedding reception, large or small. I organise their hair and makeup if they want it. We bring makeup artists in. We do uh, the flowers, organise the clothing. So uh, it's kind of trippy and fabulous and, yeah, heartfelt. I mean, this is amazing. So there you, you go. First of all, fantastic. Thank you for walking us through that because I was going to say, and you said Planet 13, right? You said you, because they're, they're the biggest, well, as Mara is on concern, they're, they're the biggest show in town in, in Vegas. I, I don't know if that's changed. but the world's uh, largest. Yeah, they're, they are, they're the world's largest. Yeah, they're, 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 they're I mean, when you walk in. It's like just, a resort you know, of cannabis. They're, yeah, exactly. But it's funny, when you walk in, they even have this awesome, um, it, it's like, it almost looks like a fish tank on the floor. And you step over and there's like koi. It's all digital. It's just a really cool place. Obviously, yeah. you, you walk in. It's, it's, I mean, anything you could possibly want. It's a supermarket of, of cannabis. But just, a, you know, if you're already down in Vegas, you definitely check that out. And obviously, check out our girl here. So if for all your tour, cannabis tours and, and you know, wedding needs. But is there a lot, like, what's the most extravagant wedding you've ever done? I mean, there's got to be some crazy stories. Oh, well, definitely crazy stories. But the most the most extravagant was actually the first wedding we did. Um, it was um, actually a beautiful couple. Uh, she was in a, a really bad car accident and on, you know, a lot of painkillers and pharmaceuticals. And her partner, um, they really wanted to get married, but because they couldn't because of the pandemic. And then finally they said, okay, we're going to get married. Uh, he also put her on the journey to basically start taking edibles and, you know, and, 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 and you know, getting onto cannabis. And um, she hasn't looked back, but it was a really heartfelt, it was like a really beautiful wedding. 50 people, friends and family actually from uh, Florida. Okay. And um, it was traditional like um, white wedding tuxedo the bridesmaids were in black um and then they had a sit-down meal with a dj and then they had a beautiful three-tiered uh, cannabis inspired cake um but it was it was beautiful it was really right. really beautiful i've and married all sorts i've married people in, in in their track pants you know matching track pants and backpacks you know, <laughs> you know. And I well, it. but that's what i mean i i could imagine it's all walks of life and and so many people that are you know, wanting to do this. I mean, why do you think that cannabis and weddings go so well in Vegas? I mean, it's definitely a novelty thing. And, and, and I'm surprised that so many people still go to Vegas to get married because, you know, when you see in movies, you go in a lope or you go to Vegas. And, and um, but why do you think that the yeah. cannabis, cannabis market, um, 
Well, it's, it's absolutely exploded in Vegas. I mean, Vegas is, I think that everybody um, that. Oh, well, Vegas is the wedding capital of the world, as well as the entertainment capital of the world. And I think also it's like the new Amsterdam. You know, it's got like, I mean, all the dispensaries, they're all completely different. They're you know, like kind of uber glamorous, uber creative and interesting. Um, so, you know, I just figured people want to come to Vegas. Maybe they don't want to get married by Elvis Presley or, you know, just do a drive through. Maybe they'd like me to marry them, you know, in a grow house, which it, which is a trip in itself. Oh yeah. Or um or at Planet Thirteen. So you know, I think there's horses for courses. I think you know, um, people get really really excited about. I mean, like when we do the tours, they go, "Oh my god!" When they've um basically booked and paid, they're like, "Oh my god, we can't wait because they've got this whole thing because it is a taboo, and you know, it has got you know there has been a stigma." So for them to sort of go behind the scenes or go into a grow house, you know, or have the the owner of Planet 13 take them in the bowels of Planet 13 and show them what's actually going on, you know, you know the extractions and, you know, where they do their, um, their pickup and deliveries and just the whole sort of mechanics of it. I mean, I mean it, is, it is interesting and, and it's a new frontier, to be honest. I mean, you know that, you know. Right. It's, right. It's, are you getting a lot of people that are in, in the Midwest? I mean, are you getting people from, because, you know, the thing is, is that people don't realize it. this is not a widget, right? You have to grow it. You have to nurture these plants. There's different things that are going to need. There's different strains. There's different, you know, there's a lot that goes into cannabis. And again, I love the story of taking somebody off of traditional medication, of course, opiates or something else, and now going to cannabis because it's changed their life. And I think that's another kinship, right? I mean, think about somebody that, you know, again, you know, health is wealth, right? But let's say that you're you're suffering from something and you, you've been going in and out of doctors and hospitals or whatever. And then here you have something that you try that works great, maybe works better than what you're using, maybe works the same, but mm-hmm. there's no side effects. There's no addiction. There's no, you know, just all the things that people we talk about on this show and it changes their life. Yep. And I think that's a kinship to them as well because they're saying, look, This has changed my life with cannabis. I want this part of my wedding of one of my most sacred days Mm -hmm. and, and having that, then there's always obviously the novelty of, of it. And then people want to smoke and, and, and yeah, seeing the grow houses. Yep. You hit it right on the nail there, honestly, because we have had quite a few people come through who have had those experiences. Uh, One girl had a, a thyroid problem and I mean, she's now like really kicking goals, but you're correct on that. I mean, when you look about Big Pharma and you see all those ads, which I'd never been exposed to in Australia, where they have these happy families and, you know, green grass and blue skies and they're skipping along and they're saying this helps you. And then they say the side effects and you just think, fuck me, why <laughs> right. would you take it? You know, I'm like, going to write out whatever I have. I'm going to write it out. Whatever <laughs> I have, I'm going to write it out. <laughs> you know, like, you know, and it's gotten worse. Maxine, it's gotten way yeah. worse. It's gotten the commercials yeah. are. We have a pill for that too. Yeah, I mean, they're, the, the commercials are like. So, and, and, and you know, it's funny just going back up north because obviously for funeral and everything. And But me just watching television, I'm always watching like Netflix, you know, or watching things like that or listening to Spotify and listening to Empire. No, but, but, I'm, but I'm, I'm serious. Like, I'm always doing a lot of commercial free. The only time really is, you know, maybe watching football. But football, 
that targeting market is not pharmaceutical. So we don't get a lot of ads, but any other show I'm up there and I'm like, every other commercial is for pharmaceuticals or scaring the shit out of the public of whatever something they might have. So they need to go run and go get a pharmaceutical for it. And, and obviously we are completely the opposite, right? We want to help people naturally. We're not saying that you should eat like shit and take cannabis and everything's fine. You should take care of your body. You know, you should still eat well. You should still exercise. You should still do all the things that you're supposed to do. Yeah. I'm sorry. What did you say? Yeah. I, I, I said it's organic. I mean, it's natural. Right. You know, right. I mean, you know, there aren't, you know, all the other sort of things that go into, you know, whatever makes up, you know, the things that are being advertised. But for sure, I mean, if I was ill, I would be turning to, to cannabis 100, 110%. And, I mean, I've said to people, I've got, like, a, a really dear friend of mine in Australia, she just had a kidney removed. She suddenly had kidney cancer. Wow. Had to get it removed, you know. Wow. Um, but, I mean... Actually, medical has just come out. So, but I mean, I just think we're unfortunately we are behind in just you know the psyche of it. I mean, I've had people they'll call me and I go, "Oh, look, I'm just on a cannabis tour," and they go, "Oh my god, that sounds so weird." And I go, "Well, it's not actually." You but know, you see what I mean? The stigma, it's, like it's so weird. It's yeah. what, what's what's weird about, about it? it? It's because it's just the same. Like, well, why would you go to a why would you go to a strip club? Why would you go to a, a, a or I mean, they even have more you know swinger clubs, all kind of crazy stuff. So why do you go to Olive Garden? Hmm. You know, right? Why would you go to Olive Garden? Right? So so it's because of the breadsticks, right? Because the breadsticks. Now talking about tours. Right before this, we were talking about a little bit of an underground area in Vegas. Tell us a little bit about that. We have to touch on this. Okay. Well, I live live right on the strip. So I go for a walk every day, usually either down to the link or to the wind, go and grab a coffee. And right next to us is this, this big kind of concrete like waterway where, you know, the water comes through. And... We're always seeing homeless people down there and then and then they get moved on and then they sort of there and then we see like we saw this sweet couple who were sleeping on the street and then we saw them oh my god she's making a a mess um anyway um so yeah there's 200 miles of tunnels under uh glitzy glamorous las vegas with eight mayors who basically rule the underground and um, apparently some people, like, live normal lives and go and work in the casinos and then go back down underground and live the underground life. But, so do um, you, you mean, know – You're breaking up just a What's little that? bit, but did you – so have you actually been down to these tunnels and things? Have you uh, – I'm just curious of what actually no, goes no, down. Or, no. Have you looked down one and seen some beepy turn back? <laughs> No, I've seen stuff on, on, you know, YouTube, but the smell is pretty bad. And I mean, right. it, it's just, I mean, it's very, very sad, to be honest. But some people make that choice to go and live down there, like I say, and they work as well, like live, work up, up above ground. But, yeah, it looks pretty, pretty awful. But the smell you know, is so bad. You know what I'm thinking of, Pete? Remember the movie with... um. Wasn't it Sylvester Stallone? You're talking about Demolition Man. With- Demolition Man. That's the, only, that's the only thing that I could think of that would, in mentally, that I could put paint a picture. When they were having, she's like, uh, it's a rat burger. And, and like, they were eating rats. They were, they were downstairs. And it was because they had 
because of the government and the way that society was, they basically got outcasted and they were down there and had their own society, you know, had their own, uh, you know, but, but that's because of inflation, because of crazy pharmaceutical commercials. No, because of all what's happening now, right. It's exactly what's going on now. So it is interesting. You know, it is interesting that, that, that is known that that exists. And, Maybe and, and you want to take a trip down there and locate some real estate because you might have to start looking for some places to move to. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think it's super sad because, you know, some, I mean, it's abject poverty, a lot of it. Um, oh, yeah. And just, Definitely. yeah, people who just want, you know, it's, it's awful to see. Um, but you can't look away when you see it. It's just like, oh my God, you know, I bet keep moving. You know? Right. No, I, it is. It's just interesting that, you know, I talk about it and, and obviously going back to the hustler times and, 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 and you being, um, how did you become the centerfold? I mean, how did that all happen? I mean, you're, it was playboy at first, right? So that was half. So obviously you had, you met half and, and so how did that start? I mean, you have Larry Flynn on one side, you have Hefner on the other, how well, did I've, how did you get involved with Hefner? Never done. Okay, well, I I um, actually never met Hugh Hefner. Um, okay. Just um, it was Australian Playboy, and uh, there was oh, this um, okay. photographer right. that, that I used to work with called Rennie Ellis, who's since passed away. Um, he was just iconic, and um, I actually went to a wet t-shirt competition in a beach side town called Lawn, and. Um, he was there and then he gave me his card and he said, look, you know, we are auditioning, you know, women for uh, Playboy. And, um, of course, I was picked, which was amazing. And I have to tell you, um, it was the most incredible experience. It's something I always wanted to do. I didn't want to do anything that was too naughty. I just wanted, you know, full nude was okay. But at right. the time, you know, big thatch of pubic hair. So, um, <laughs> you know, it wasn't anything sort of like the, the shoot that I did, um, my mother made all my outfits for me and I did it in a house that was being renovated. So it was very unsexy. So there was builders and people walking around with my <laughs> tits hanging out. Toolboxes. Yeah. It put me on the map in Australia and then I got, you know, for the first, for, the, for my month, you know, I had a whole month of like basically, you know, getting the lion's share of all the work. DJing around Australia, uh, wearing, you know, the suit. Um, it was honestly, it was incredible. It was just, I, I just loved it. And um, I have to say I did milk it for everything that I could just to get, you know, get my name out there. And that pretty much started me into the road of, you know, where I'm so, sort of at now. So, yeah. And it's kind of the same thing. I mean, Sorry. now what, what year, so this was, what, do you, what year was this that you... That you were okay. So here's so that's my point. My point is, this. it doesn't ever change, right? The same things that are going on now with fans only and Instagram, and it's really the same thing, right? You I mean you basically were able to springboard your career, um, you know, because of what t-shirt contest being noticed doing a centerfold it's really the same thing i mean it, it's pretty i mean it's just sex sells right yeah, so no matter what sense. sex sells right so and it's it's not like that's it, never going to change that is but it's so funny because you know you'll go to a restaurant now 
and nobody wants to serve tables. I, I serve tables. That's I, when I was growing up and I wanted to make some extra money. I was a server, whatever. And, and, you know, he's evil. Now, no, no kid even wants to do that because everybody wants to be an Instagram model and everyone wants to get Insta famous and all this stuff where it's different. I mean, when you were doing it back well, in the day, it's, it's hard. Well, I mean, I, I, I serve tables too. In fact, I clean houses. Like, you know, I, I was working from when I was 15 and the first time I ever came to the United States, I think I had $200 and 20 cent pieces. I mean, you know, that's, that's all I had. Right. Right. Um, but, I mean, I've always been a worker. I mean, I've had people say to me, look, you know, you should be retiring. And, well, I don't want to do that. I mean, if, if someone else wants to retire, that's fine. I love to work. I love to create. And, um, you know, I live and die by the sword as far as being an entrepreneur. Um, you know, I love what I do. I, I love doing the whole cannabis thing. I think it's fabulous. Um, but, I mean, I do have the good, bad and the ugly as far as stories. You know, there's been some interesting characters but um, you're right with the adult industry. It's it's really no different. I was just doing what was in at that moment. Right, right. Um, if I, you know, was you know, up, you know, maybe I might have been um, a stripper. I don't know. I don't really. I knowing me, it's one thing to do some photos that are sort of tasteful, but actually, like dealing with men on ongoing basis, being naked. I think I would have been really uncomfortable and maybe told them to fuck off. Because that's just we're not right. about all the hands. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, and no, I, yeah, I, and those I, girls I are on patience for that. And the girls are on a lot more What's than that? than uh, cannabis. This is stripping, that's for sure. To deal with that every single night, you know, like those girls, you know, I mean, it's yeah. it, plants it, don't talk back. The <laughs> plants don't talk back, right? Um, no, I, I just love yeah. the direction. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was just saying, like, with the girls, like, in, you know, in strip clubs, it's no different from my place in Melbourne to here. I mean, you know, you'll see the girls come in at 6 o'clock at night and they've got to have a couple of shots to get them going, you know. And, I mean, that's just, for me, I don't like that sort of lifestyle. I like to get up early and, you know, eat eat good food and stuff like that. I love a pin and wire, but I just don't want to be, you know, getting out of it that I've got to deal with dickhead men. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, it's... it's, my- it's- I, I love honestly what you're doing with this. I seriously, I just think it's such a great idea that you marrying the two together. I love okay. the tours because you, in a way, you. you know, in a lot, well, in a lot of ways, I mean, you're doing education as well. I mean, these people really are blown away when they've seen um, how it's extracted or how is it grown or, and, 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 and I, I, I applaud you because you are opening up the gates for other things. I mean, this is an easy way for someone to go on a tour is an easy way to not feel it's almost kind of like you said, it's that it's stripping. You just want to do some pictures. It's just like you get to look from afar, you go on a tour. You don't have to feel so weird about just walking to dispensary, not knowing anything and, 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 and not having to feel that, you know, maybe that unsureness that you don't know about something you learn something and you got, and you see that there's actually tons of medication out there that is natural that can help you or have a good time. Mm-hmm. You know, you can enjoy stress mm-hmm. relief as well. And, and, and I just love what you're doing. And then being able to incorporate that with, um, you know, weddings and things like that. I mean, I, I'm just, exp- what I was expecting is like, Wedding room full of like weed leaves everywhere, weed uh, suits and stuff like that. Just because you know, if you think about being just funny and 
you know, just like when you yeah. think of Vegas, it's got to have that flair to it. Right, so it's got to have like that Vegas flair. Yeah. And definitely Elvis is involved somewhere, don't Right, you? Elvis like dressed up in cannabis with gold everywhere and it's just singing and marrying you. Oh, right, you know? <laughs> so I, I just. I, sorry, I, I was just going to say, I, have an actually, I actually have a clothing line called Elvis Jane and I do wear like, you know, usually like a cannabis type t shirt or a bodysuit or something to incorporate. Um, all that sort of thing. But we have had people who have turned up, the bride and groom turned up in cannabis tights, cannabis skirt, pants, you know, jacket. So, but And some people just want to do it traditional. I mean, this, I had one girl, she's from Miami, she's so gorgeous, beautiful. She was 52 and he was 34. And honestly, when I found out her age, I couldn't believe it. She came out, she was almost like hanging out of her dress. I mean, you can <laughs> see her on my Instagram, but she's so beautiful, so sexy, and I mean, uber, uber fabulous, you know, like gorgeous, gorgeous couple, you know. So I love and they love the cannabis too, you know. It's all, so I mean, one couple that I married there before um, Planet 13 now, you've got to be 21 and over. But a few months ago, you were allowed to have children into the main area, not into the dispensary. And so they brought their, their child along to be part of the wedding. So, and then we've had people bring their dogs. You know, it's okay. just, you know, that day well, we, there's a bunch of passed out kids. Right, we have pet, we have pet products. And they work great for animals, so it's 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 good. Um, but that's it what it's about. Look, anything. It's a sacred day. I, I think, like I said, I love what you're doing. I love the idea. Um, you know, loved having you on, to be honest with you, because it, it is interesting. You know, people want need to get in and look into how life is in many different facets, but I just think this is a great idea. So um, thank you so much for coming on. Let me take uh, you guys. It's my pleasure. Let me take you guys, you know, on a tour when you do come here. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, if you want to give away, if you want to give away two passes to um, our lounge tour, um, to some of your guests, you're very welcome. Uh, just let me know and I'll, we'll take them out to a lounge. There's a consumption lounge here too now. So, I love excellent. it. That's, that's awesome. A bit of fun. So, and why don't you go ahead with one last time, Maxie, and just let everybody know where they can contact you or follow you or support you and Las Vegas Cannabis Tours. All right, then. So um, the website, there's two of them, is lasvegascannabistours.com and also lasvegascannabisweddings.com. Uh, they can get me on 310-722-7864. Um, the Instagram is... Um, Los underscore uh, Vegas underscore cannabis underscore weddings. Um, there's some great shots on there, including instead of having a toast of champagne, there's the happily married couple having a bong together. And, uh, <laughs> and then for the tours, it's tours. Cannabis. That's our Instagram. Or if they just want to follow me, it's Maxine Fensom. Excellent. And if everybody wants to go ahead and follow us, we appreciate the support. Go ahead, subscribe, like, and share over at Cannabis Radio or on any platform you choose, like Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Amazon, uh, any of the ones you like to use. Other than that, you can also go check out PureWell. It's www.purewell.com. If you want 20% off, go ahead and use the code HEMPIRE. Other than that, we appreciate everybody joining us once again. We will be back and keep educating until we see you then.
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.